Welcome to Bought at a Price. Thank you so much for taking time to listen. Our mission is to take you on a redemptive journey towards understanding the way that God views your body, your lifestyle, and your role in His kingdom. And here, we're committed to bringing you solid biblical wisdom combined with practical, science-backed lifestyle tips to help you care for yourself spiritually, mentally, emotionally, and physically. Again, thank you for listening. Hello. So today we're going to continue our conversation about the tabernacle and temple of God. But today we're going to be looking specifically at the tabernacle and some of God's purposes for it. Sometimes I used to wonder, like, what in the world was the purpose of the tabernacle? And why would God put so much about it in the Bible? Because There's a lot, like 50 chapters, commentators and researchers say, have been devoted to the tabernacle of God in scripture. And that kind of tells us that it might be important and have a pretty big purpose. But everything in scripture has a purpose. The purposes for the tabernacle, though, are unique, and they involved so much more than just Israel. They involve relationship, repentance, redemption. They involve Jesus, and they involve you. That's what the purposes for the tabernacle of God involved. So let's explore. One of the first purposes I want to talk about today has to do with relationship. The tabernacle was actually God's idea. It wasn't Moses or Israel trying to convince God to do something that they thought of. Have you ever done that? I do that all the time. Have some great idea and then pray about it, trying to convince God that my great idea, he needs to help me put in action. No. That's not what happened with the tabernacle. The tabernacle was God's idea because he wanted to dwell with his people. And as I said last week, God has always wanted to dwell with his people. And the word tabernacle, tabernacle, that's me putting two words together. Tabernacle actually means to dwell. So why would Almighty God, creator of heaven and earth, want to live in a tent in the middle of the wilderness with a bunch of rebellious, sinful people? Because I don't know about you, I sure wouldn't want to be camping in the middle of a situation like that. But the good thing is, I'm not God. And God, he wanted a relationship with his people because he knew that a relationship with him would be important. It would be critical for Israel's survival. They had a long wilderness journey ahead of them, and God knew what that journey would entail. God knew an intimate relationship with him would be critical to Israel's survival. What about you? How has your relationship with God changed the way you deal with life's wilderness seasons, struggles, and trials? Can you look back and see how your ability to handle those things has changed as your relationship with God has deepened? If so, how so? I sure know that 
My relationship with God has changed how I handle things. I can remember, you know, 20 years ago and being faced with a difficult circumstance. And I'd panic and stress out, throw a fit, try and handle it all on my own. Because I didn't have such a deep, intimate relationship with an understanding of God to know that my God provides all my needs. And God, he wanted a relationship with his people because he wanted them to know him, to trust him, and ultimately to choose him. That's the same reason that God wants a relationship with you and I, because he knows that when we get to know him, when we truly understand our great God, that we'll not only know him, we'll trust him and we'll choose him no matter what life throws our way. But relationship wasn't the tabernacle's only purpose. When you look at the pattern God gave Moses for the tabernacle, you'll see that there's only one way in, and that before you get to God, there's an altar. You read further along in Exodus, and God gives instructions for sacrifices that are to happen on that altar, sacrifices that involved atoning for Israel's sins. These sacrifices taught Israel the importance of repentance and that God was holy and worthy of all honor and praise. They also taught Israel that sins are costly but that God had graciously provided a way for Israel to atone or make amends for their sins, sins they knew should cost them their lives. You see, up to this point, Israel had heard and agreed to every statute, covenant, and commandment God had made with them. God had laid out his expectations and graciously provided a sacrificial system for coming to him in repentance. Each time Israel sacrificed a lamb for their sins, God's grace was revealed as that animal's blood atoned for those sins. When I think about this, it immediately brings that song to mind, Grace Greater Than Our Sins. That line in it that says, Grace, Grace, God's grace, grace that is greater than all our sins. Sorry if it's stuck in your head for the rest of the day, but I'm also not sorry because, wow, if only we would remember all day long, God's grace is greater than our sins. Can you imagine, though, having to follow the sacrificial system that God set up in order to have your sins forgiven? Do you think that it would make you more or less aware of your sins? So in the next week or two, we're going to talk about Jesus's connection with the tabernacle. But until then, how grateful are you for the way repentance looks now? Repentance, it draws us closer to God and closer to God is the best place to be. It's really the only place to be. So now, near the end of God's instructions for building the tabernacle, they take what appears to be a wee detour when God adds instructions for taking a census and collecting ransom money from the Israelites. Smack in the middle of all of these chapters on how the tabernacle is supposed to be built. Kabam. 
five or six scriptures about counting the Israelites and collecting ransom money from them. As you probably know, it wasn't really a detour. It was part of God's purpose for the tabernacle in teaching his children about redemption. See, redemption is where something is gained in exchange for a payment. And when the Israelites gave this redemption or ransom money, they were confessing that they owed a debt to God and deserved to die. It both reminded and taught God's children that they were the redeemed of the Lord. God had redeemed Israel from bondage in Egypt, and part of God's purpose for the tabernacle was teaching them they'd also been redeemed from their sins. If you had to pay a ransom price for your sins in your life, what would you pay? I've thought about that, and I truly, I can't come up with an answer because I, you know, my... My brain that knows the right answer would say that I'd be willing to pay anything and give everything that I had. But then I have to, you know, kind of do a double take and think about my selfishness and my selfish, sinful pride that would want to hang on to this, that, or the other, or that would be afraid that if I gave everything as a redemption or a ransom price, that I might be left barren and destitute. And so when I've thought about that question, you know, if I had to pay a ransom price, if you had to pay a ransom price for your sins in your life, what would you pay? And when I've thought about that, it's really shown that there are still areas in my heart where I don't fully trust God. So spend a minute, maybe a lot longer than a minute, thinking about the things that you've been redeemed from and the price that's already been paid for your life. Then spend time thanking and praising God for all he's done on your behalf. Redemption, it sets us free from bondage and makes us God's. What a beautiful combo that is, being freed from bondage and becoming God's children. But I get a question. Have you noticed how the purpose of the tabernacle seems to mirror God's purpose for something or someone else? God's purposes for the tabernacle are truly amazing. I absolutely love how God's woven the tabernacle throughout scripture and how it comes together as a beautiful tapestry that reveals God tabernacling with his people. The tabernacle's purpose also includes Jesus. But before we look at how the tabernacle revealed Jesus, we're going to look inside the tabernacle and see what we can learn from its architecture and furnishings. And let me tell you, this is a beautifully rich subject, and it has a lot to do with you. Until then, Meditate on these verses. Exodus 25, 8 says, And let them make me a sanctuary that I may dwell in their midst. And John 1, 14, we used this one last week. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory, glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth.
And lastly, 1 Corinthians 3.16, do you not know that you are God's temple and that God's spirit dwells in you? Remember, my friend, tabernacle means to dwell. God bless.